I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Atletico Madrid take care of business in La Liga. Chelsea and Liverpool get Champions League. Lille win League A and Juventus escape as Andrea Pirlo and co do get Champions League for next season. This is our final weekend recap of the season. Heath Pierce with me. Que golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our final weekend recap of the season. Amazing. Basically, things are wrapping up. Not for Que golazo. We have plenty more to give you, of course, including... Euros, Copa America, Nations League, so much more. But domestic season-wise in Europe, it's done. And with me, of course, Heath Pierce. HP, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. This is a emotional uh, weekend for a lot of people. I got emotional. We'll get to why, but I got emotional this weekend as well. So, But uh, overall, I can't complain. How are you doing? I'm good. I got emotional as well, but, you know, it'll be interesting to hear uh, your side of things. Welcome, everybody. Jimmy Conrad, uh, sadly, not with us today. He's got some family, things to attend to. We all have families and we all have things to do, so it's fine. But Jimmy will be back for the following week because we still have Champions League, Europa League finals, so much more content. But Heath Pierce, the final weekend recap, specifically the European domestic season is over and we begin, of course, as we have all season in the Premier League. Man City, of course, we knew uh, they won the Premier League. They did the business today against Everton. A nice farewell for Sergio Aguero there. Manchester United, we knew that they had Champions League already, came in second. So it was really a race for the Champions League spots, third and fourth. Liverpool did the business, beating Crystal Palace. Uh, amazing. We'll talk about Liverpool for a second. Uh, but Chelsea losing to Aston Villa, he says, smiling 2-1 at Villa Park. But guess what, Thomas Tuchel? It's okay. You don't even have to rely on the Champions League final because Leicester City, Leicester City lose 3-2 to Tottenham. Gareth Bell absolutely sealing it for Spurs there. Uh, away, by the way. It was at Leicester City, which means that Chelsea retain their Champions League spot in fourth. So it's Man City, Keith, Man United, Liverpool, and Chelsea, who have Champions League soccer for next season. Thoughts overall on just those four, specifically from uh, today? Wow, you just fed me a lot of information. Great information. <laughs> you fed me a lot of information, uh, but well summarized. Yeah, I think when I when I look at all of that, what I see ultimately is a failure from Leicester City. When you look at the fact that they had two penalties, they went up twice today, and to know that they are now in a Europa League spot, the Europa League spot that when they went out of, we were like, oh, look at the run they're on. They're, you know, uh, they, they were with two games left in third place. Last year with five games left, they were in third place, ended up falling into a Europa League spot. This year with two games left in third place, they fall into a Europa League spot. Good point, and yep. 
they were so close for so long. And, and we talked about the benefit of less games, the benefit of less competition to focus on. Ultimately, a positive season because they win the FA Cup. I think that's a huge historic moment for their club. Yep, their first. But ever. this was it. But yeah, but this was in their hands, and 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 that's disappointing to see. However, I don't want to undermine the fact that Liverpool went on uh, were unbeaten in their last ten. Uh, I think undefeated or or they five straight wins in their last five. Eight of their last ten were wins, and so. What an incredible run for them. Sadio Mane obviously delivering two goals when it mattered most to close out the season. You know, getting some help, obviously, uh, with uh, Leicester dropping out. And then and then uh, also Chelsea getting getting lucky, right? Not having to leave it to to the champ, the Champions League final, I think is a, is a huge benefit to them. It would be uh, it would have been tragic, even more tragic than Leicester's story today had had Chelsea fallen out and then lose a Champions League final, which, you know, who knows what's going to happen there and find themselves with nothing to show for an incredible season. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go uh, for a second about, well, let's talk about Leicester City for a second. I, you have a very valid point. It was uh, a tremendous season for Brendan Rodgers. And we talk about how much of an underrated manager he is and the squad he builds. I think that in retrospect, you know, an FA Cup win, a historic one, their first ever, uh, as you mentioned, of course, very good. But I think in retrospect, if I think about it, Heath Pierce. I think getting Europa League was kind of a headache for them this season. I think maybe had they been just focusing primarily on the league and uh, domestic uh, cup competitions, it would have been easier. There were a few injuries that they went through. Uh, Jamie Vardy, you could see that, you know, uh, as much as he has given to the club, his talents are dwindling down and naturally so. He's getting older and they still need a few pieces. Uh, James Madison's injury didn't help things. Uh, Harvey Barnes as well, but... Ultimately, as this season, specifically this one with COVID and everything, has taught you, you need such a deeper squad. It's all about squad and it's all about staying fit and healthy and being consistent. And they just, they couldn't get it done at home to a Tottenham, by the way, who was lost, really, looking for an identity, an unhappy Harry Kane. And look what happened. Unbelievable. And in many ways, they have nobody to blame but themselves because really after Villa beating Chelsea, it was it was just there for them to take it and they couldn't do it. Yeah, it, it's, you know, you want to say that maybe it was too much to manage, but they were in the position with two games to go. And they had of all of the, 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 the final, of say all of the current big six, right? Lester, I, I would consider one of them at the moment the toughest schedule to see out the season. I don't remember exactly their run of games, but they had a, they had a rough go, including, including the FA cup final. Um, and they came out victorious in the FA cup final, but it looked like when I saw four or five games left to go, let me see if I can look up what those, what those results were. Uh, they, they just, it just looked like a huge mountain to climb, but they were in control of their destiny at that point. Uh, and, and it's disappointing uh, to see them fall out because, you know, you're talking about they're missing a few pieces, right? The depth that you need to actually compete. Look, Manchester United finished second and are now in a Europa League final. That, I think, you wrap up that Europa League final. Solid season. Very good season. A step forward in progress. I know that we judge Man United a little bit differently because we all, at least if you're around our age, you you judge them as the super club as they were where titles were more prevalent and, and regular uh, achievements. And the uh, but, family issues, et cetera, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's so many, it's just a different era that we're in now that you sort of expect them to be sort of challenging for a title or it's, it's new man United, not old man United. Yeah. Um, and, and so 
you know, it, but, but even for them, they have something to show for this season, right? A second place finish. And look, whether you finish uh, third or, or fourth for Chelsea finishing fourth, I don't think that really matters. Liverpool slip into what they finished third, right? I don't yeah. think any of that really matters. Third or fourth, you're in a champions league spot or you're not, I think second place means more though uh, for, for a man United, because it's, it's more convincing. It didn't come down to the last day uh, for them. And yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing because uh, again, to go back to my previous point, adding a few players is a lot easier when you get that champions league money, right? When you have that money coming in, everyone's cash strapped right now. Everyone is missing money at the gates. You're missing revenue revenues, these huge shortfalls. And even if they restructure what those bonuses are to, to mitigate the, the, the losses that UEFA is experiencing, it's still money that you can use and work with to improve or bolster your squad for the domestic leagues, as well as going after a couple other things. So it's just, yeah, it's disappointing on how close they were. You know, if they had fallen out five, six games ago, when you looked at what their schedule is going to be, I'd say, okay, but to leave it to the last day and, and not be able to do that after going up two times, I think has to be looked at as some sort of uh, failure. How about Liverpool then? Let's quickly talk about Liverpool for a second, Heath Beers. I mean, we've talked about, the, what about, I mean, you're talking about a squad that you need to be healthy, you need to be whatever. My goodness. I mean, listen, they lost Virgil van Dijk, John Matip, Gomez. I mean, personal issues and tragedies with Alisson, Jurgen Klopp as well. Just a ridiculously difficult season. And they end up in a Champions League spot. It's amazing. Quite amazing. It really is. I if it wasn't for the incredible story of man city this year and the run that they've been on, you look at Liverpool as, as the next story, like Leicester was one where you saw this historic, you know, I actually, I, I take that back. That's tough to say because Chelsea's got their own story right now, wrapping up a top four finish and then potentially a champions league trophy under Thomas Tuchel and the turnaround that you've had from, from players like, like Jorginho and players like Rudiger, who were both sort of looked off by Frank Lampard, you know, that's a story in itself. And you have Lester who again, wrap up their first FA cup ever, and then could have finished in the top four. So that falls apart. But outside of that, you look at Liverpool and you go, this is the story, right? This is the story. Like so much adversity. People wrote them off. I wrote them off early on where I was like, you know what? This is a team that we expected. And we've talked about it before to win multiple seasons in a row, the league or a major trophy. And then there was a point where we were like, there's nothing they can do right. This team is de 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 defeated. They're depleted uh, from a number standpoint. They don't have the depth. This could be a year where they're out of Europe or, or at least out of the Champions League. And they dug deep, you know, and, and I mentioned those stats before, 10 games unbeaten to wrap up the season. Eight of those were wins, five in a row to finish the year is just a testament to Jurgen Klopp continuing to have those players believe. Those players saying, hey, we are still Liverpool. We need to find a way. And it all just came together into a nice finish on the final day. And it shows you, again, just how important every single point is in a long season that is the Premier League, right? They play so many matches and you play against the big teams. And we all talk about, you need to get points against the big teams. And then you go for these other teams where you need to get points against everyone else because those are the more important ones. And to see them sort of find a way to dig deep to, to get those points late in the season when they didn't get them earlier on, is, it's just, it's a spectacular storyline. Yeah, there's nothing really much more to add from what you said. Tremendous. Well done, uh, Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp. And obviously, from a financial perspective, I mean, this is why the ESL was wanted to cre be created in the first place, because these clubs need the money. And there is nothing more important at this point right now to climb up that table, get a Champions League spot and guarantee a little bit more revenue. So amazing. Well done. By the way, so very quickly in the Premier League as well, Leicester City, Europa League, we know that. West Ham, by the way, David Moyes, uh, fantastic. 
you got some European football for next season. Really well done. Obviously, Champions League was something that perhaps some dreamt of, uh, is, and it didn't seem that impossible throughout the season. But in the end, you get some European football. Tottenham get the Conference League, the much coveted Conference League for next season, but no Europe for Arsenal, Heath Pierce. Very quick on that. Yeah, I was reading uh, about how uh, Nikolai Pepe scored both goals and they're like, can he be the future with with Lacazette and with uh, Aubameyang struggling to score consistently? You know, how not being in Europe could be able for them to to take a step forward. To be fair, Arsenal were, were, were near Chelsea and Manchester City in points one in the second half of the season. Yeah. And so it is a successful second half of the season for sure. Uh, but when you put it in the context of a whole season, you know, they finished eighth just above Leeds and, you know, uh, behind Spurs. And they there was an opportunity that, you know, had Spurs not been able to come back against against uh, against Leicester that they could have jumped into that conference spot. But, you know, I think it's a fair finish to the season for for. Arsenal, and I think it's again. I, I have trouble as as a fan of Arsenal, and and I I've become more of a general fan of Arsenal, but I follow them probably as much or more than than any of the other big clubs. Yeah, that I'm not sure if non-European uh, football is the right route for them, you know. But I do I do appreciate that they've gotten better in the stretch of the season, the second half of the season. They've been very very good. But when you have nothing to show for it, all you do is go into next season. You know, a lot of times you go, oh, now they get to focus on the next season. They only have one thing to focus on and, and domestic competitions, domestic cups, and therefore it'll be better for them in their rhythm. But you go, when you're a player in that situation, right? And when you're a player that's faced with that, you go, well, what was the point of the second half of the season then? You know, all of this form, all of this run, we're, you're, you're running at something. You're not just running to build the next year because you know the next year, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's there. You don't know what, what players are available. If you bring in new players, if you have injuries. It's such a long way to go to get to Europe next year, and to know that you've really were within a uh, you know a stone's throw uh, of of a European spot uh, because of your form in the second half of the season, it makes you look to the first half and go, man, there was a few of those results that we just didn't show up, and that's going to be the difference uh, between uh, you know another what is it thirty eight matches to try to get us there next year. Yeah. And, you know, Arsenal fans have to just think about reality, to be honest with you. Ever since Arsene Wenger left, it's been an obstacle to try and find that identity that made you so great. But the Invincibles years are gone. There is no doubt there's a lot of talent in this club. But, you know, there are still many things that this club has to do. And the table in the end doesn't lie. That's, that's really that's really the, the overall uh, component here. All right, let's move to Spain for a second, Heath. Atletico Madrid did it. They took care of business. Incredible. Luis Suarez winner. Amazing. Just amazing the scenes for Atletico Madrid. Uh, finally beating Valladolid, by the way, who needed to stay, uh, you know, who needed to win to stay in, in the league. It didn't happen. Of course, uh, Real Madrid as well. Um, you know, they tried their best against Villarreal, but in the end, it doesn't matter. Everything's about Atletico Madrid. They win the league for the first time since 2013, 2014. It's Diego Simeone's second title with the club. Luis Suarez so emotional at the end of that, and rightly so. I mean, he was unwanted by Barcelona. He goes to Atleti, and they win the title. Quick thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I mentioned in the opener when I got e emotional this weekend, and that's that's when it was. Again, 
going down to the final week, we talked about them when they were eight, 10, 11 points at one point of the season or eight and a game in hand um, up in the league. And to see it go down to the final day and for them to go down one nil on a value to lead uh, goal. That was phenomenal, by the way. Anytime you've ever been on a pitch in training and you do these long pattern plays where you're like, this never really happens in a game where, you know, the center back hits the striker, the striker lays it off to somebody and then they play the perfect through ball and the striker goes on to finish it. That's exactly what happened. You're like, oh no, this was just sort of made on the training grounds. This could be the end. But then uh, Correa had an incredible moment of magic where he kind of beat two players on top of the box and then hit just the off the uh, off the end of his toes yeah. through the, through the legs to beat a the goalkeeper goal. yeah it, goal. it's an individual effort that you need on a day like that you're down 1-0 this team was literally sitting with a backline of like 7 or 8 at times just being like let's play spoilers nothing feels better you know we're probably going down let's just ruin their day too um and yeah they they Luis Suarez got onto a breakaway when when he went to, to to score and it was like one of these ones where it just kept on going on and on and on and he was able to finish it and the celebration was like five minutes long after he scored yeah it was first five or six players in the corner hugging and tackling each other and then it just they just stayed there and it was like this re- like breath of relief where you could just see that they knew that they had it they were taking their time. They were embracing this moment. And I was emotional because the game has it feels so predictable nowadays, right? It feels like Barcelona or Real Madrid win every single year. And that's what we're used to. You know, we're used to a, a, a select few being the ones that are supposed to win. And very rarely do they win on the final day when those clubs that are expected to win, win. And especially this season in La Liga, where it was just like such a hot potato situation. Nobody really wanted it. And you thought, oh, God, in the end, we're going to have the same narrative, aren't we? It's amazing. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 I totally agree with you. It, it just, you get to the final day, the culmination of a season. And with super clubs now, very rarely does it get to that, right? It's three, four games, the final game. Maybe it's home. Maybe it's away. They present the trophy in the way that Man City did today. Uh but they've already won it. And there's not this excitement. It's like, they're so far out in front, you know, Liverpool so far out in front teams. Like they go through these nearly perfect seasons where no one's even close to them, but to see a team that, okay, Atletico are a big club and they're a super club, but like they're an underdog in that league. And to see them do it on the last day, it just felt right. And it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes football doesn't feel right. It just feels like the norm, the status quo. And this just felt right. It felt different. It felt new. And to see the looks on their faces, uh, to see just the, the emotion of the players, you just go, man, they worked so hard for that. And they got it on the final day after going down a goal, after looking like they might cough it up after looking like, uh, the, the, the evil will prevail. I don't mean evil and Barcelona and Real Madrid being evil, but like the status quo, uh, would just be the same thing. And, and it actually worked out, you know, and I, I know we all talked about this every single week. Will they pull it off? Will they not? Will they pull it off? And a little bit of your gut starts to tell you like, I don't know if they're going to be able to do this because again, dropping points, dropping points, go back three weeks ago. It was in the hands of a midweek game from Barcelona. And then Barcelona had to play Atletico. And that was going to uh, be the, or, or was it Atletico or did they play uh, Real Madrid? I think it was at Atletico. Wait, the Real Madrid game? 
you know, either I don't remember what the exact game is, but it was in Barcelona's hands. They had a midweek game to get. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no. And it then was the midweek game, Barcelona were basically getting ready to celebrate had they won it and they couldn't get the job won. And I believe it was Levante 3-0 in that game where they just tied. Was that the one you're thinking about? Or is it the I one where I, they, I, oh, oh no, or did they lose to Celta Vigo? To, uh, was that the one? They lost yeah. to Celta Vigo 2-1. They got a red card in that one. Yeah, it was right before the Ibar win. Yeah, the Celta Vigo lost. Cel- uh, Barca got a red card at some point, but Celta won 2-1. That was a Sunday game there. I think you're thinking of the Levante game, which is 3-0, which was on a Tuesday. Yeah, that, that one on a Tuesday where I think that was for them to, to go level on matches. And then, even then, had Barcelona... Did, and then didn't Barcelona play Atletico a, a few... Like, there was that match uh, uh, a couple weeks later, or was it, was it El Clasico that played? Either way, at a certain point... Well, the yeah, Clasico, Barcelona lost 2-1 to Real Madrid in that one. Yeah. Uh, the Atletico-Madrid game, yes, they played, and it was 0-0. That was uh, earlier this month as well. And that was before yeah. the... So basically what happened was Barcelona... Since El Clásico, they won Copa del Rey, which is fine. They beat Getafe. They beat Villarreal. They beat, but then after that, they lose to Granada. They, they bounce back and beat Valencia. But from there, they fail to get points, full points. They tied Atlético yeah. Madrid. They tied Levante. They lost to Celta Vigo. And even though they beat Ibar in, in the final day, it didn't matter by then. Yeah, so, so the, game was, the game would have been then the Granada match. So they lost Granada. That would have put them level on points, not points, but level on matches played, I believe. Is I believe that was a midweek game. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's the Valencia game. Either way. The Granada game, when they yeah. lost 2-1, that was yeah. April 29. So I just need to remember what actual day of the week that was, but that was April 21. Yeah. Either way, in that period, it was in their hands. Um, and yeah. they, they no, couldn't they do it there. Plenty of and opportunities to then take. they yeah. had the chance. Uh, against Atletico and it was a draw. And so the, the season just started to unravel for them. And it looked like, uh, it looked like Atletico couldn't, couldn't Atletico couldn't pull this off. And it's just amazing to see it actually happen. And all these things come together because it's very rarely does a Barcelona team with the quality that they have give you a second chance at life, right? If you let them back in uh, for, by any means, they're usually going to say, okay, I'll take this, or Real Madrid are going to take this. And, and neither of them did. And, and, and so this title deservedly goes to Atletico Madrid. And yeah, I was, I was really emotional to see. There's just a different look on the players' faces than what you see from a, a probably a, a, a Tony Cruz or somebody like that who's won 150 trophies. You know, these players are fighting for it. The last one was 2012 or, or 13. And then I looked at their history and from like the 30s or something, they've got like nine. It's like every like 10 years, something magical happens um, and, and they're able to, 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 to win the league. And, and yeah, I, I, I just, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Nothing more to add apart from Diego Simeone deserves, again, a lot of respect. Not many managers in the game, everybody, can create a winning mentality, but also this resiliency. And I said it earlier in HQ this week that Simeone tried his biggest obstacle for Atletico Madrid is to, what you said basically, is to try and get rid of the fatalist views of Atleti, thinking that no matter what happens, we're never going to win this because it's Real Madrid or Barcelona, Real Madrid or Barcelona. Simeone's biggest mountain to climb was to try and tell his squad, no, that doesn't have to happen. We can create what we can create. And I thought they were going to win it last season. 
Uh, I was wrong, but I was a season late because what they needed was just another champion, somebody like Luis Suarez, and and well done, well done to Atleti uh, for for winning the title. Absolutely. Can can I say one more thing on that? Because you brought up a great point. Yeah, of in, course. In that in that league, it is what you just said is that Real Madrid or Barcelona. Imagine having to have a good enough season that you beat those two teams. You have to beat both of them. So you have to hope that you're better and one of them slips up and the other one, you're just better than by points. Very rarely does that happen, right? One of them is always going to run away from the other. And you're talking about the difference of like a point or two or, or, or three points, you know, and then usually one of them just runs off. Uh, and to beat both of them is just, a, a, is, is an incredible feat. Like, I, I mean, put that into context. You need so many things to happen for you to beat them. You need to be better than them. You need to beat them on that day. You need to beat all the other teams and then hope that they give up points to each other. It's just a math equation. And to do that just feels like, I, you know, I'd rather buy a lottery ticket and think that, you know, I could, I could win some money on that. <laughs> Absolutely right. And also, you know, being kicked out of the Champions League, I think helped them because they play such a, you know, physical game, uh, up-tempo game, sort of do or die in many, in many ways. And that, and that helped them a lot. So, well done. So that was the Premier League. That was La Liga. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you thought the drama ended there? <laughs> You're so wrong. So much more happened as well on this Sunday and this weekend. Diego Lasso Weekend Recap will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
After a season full of drama and excitement, a Europa League champion will be crowned on Wednesday, May 26th. European juggernauts Manchester United are looking to make room in the crowded trophy cabinet for yet another addition. Meanwhile, Spain's Villarreal and Unai Emery are competing in their first ever European final as they look to write their name in the history books and secure a spot in next season's Champions League. You can watch the match via Paramount Plus in the CBS Sports app. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso Weekend Recap with Heath Pierce, HP. Let's go to Italy, Serie A. By the way, next time we talk about this league, it will be at CBS. CBS Sports Paramount Plus, by the way. Don't you forget it for next season. But Heath, amazing. Inter Milan, we knew that they won it. Uh, they celebrated on this uh, weekend as well. So really, it was just about the Champions League spots. Atalanta was facing AC Milan. That was big for both of them. Both of them. Milan were also at the risk of not getting Champions League this Sunday. But guess what? They did it. They beat Atalanta. They go second. They go second in Serie A. One point above their opponents uh, from Sunday. Atalanta end up third, which is amazing for Gasperino, qualifying for the Champions League once. Again, well done, Gasperini, for doing that. So really, it was about what was Napoli going to do? Against Averona's side, which was mid-table, nothing to play for. You thought Napoli, Gattuso, you're going to get this done. And Juventus, who had uh, to face Bologna, we thought they would get the win, but still had to depend on other things to happen. And guess what? Juventus obviously take care of business without Cristiano Ronaldo, by the way, who apparently was too tired to start. Mm -hmm. Apparently, technical reasons. I'm not buying any of that. Cristiano Ronaldo is out uh, of this uh, Juventus side, I believe. I'm not, I, I don't know. It, it just seems on the most important day for Juventus, Ronaldo suddenly decides he's too tired. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I got that short Jan gif like uh, from the Brady Bunch right now because I really don't buy any of that. And we're going to ask Keith in a second what he thinks about it. But the biggest story is that no matter what, Andrea Pirlo, Juventus played well, and you know what? It's something I've been saying. I really feel that this team needs to remodify itself without Ronaldo because there's so much talent that can work together. They get the job done, and Napoli failed to beat Verona, meaning that they end up fifth, and Juventus as Champions League. So it's Inter, AC Milan, Atalanta, Juventus, Napoli. They just get Europa. A travesty for Gattuso. HP, talk to me. Again. Final day of the season uh, is is relentless, uh, and it punishes certain teams that can't finish. And it's like, you know, in a game where you get a, I always go back to the to the Belgium game in the World Cup when Chris Wondolowski had a sitter at the end and should have put the U.S. through. Oh yeah, and yeah. and you and and the, uh, the reason I use that is because it's like the kicker missing the kick where you're like. Yeah, but you had 45 chances to score before that. I'm not saying in the Belgium game because we didn't, but, uh, and Tim Howard stood on his head, but that's a story for another day. The, but like, you know, the kicker loses the game for you. And you're like, well, you were also on the goal line three times and you didn't push the ball in. And so it all falls on the one player that you look at these types of moments and you go, yeah, there were probably a number of points that they gave up. And, but you still had control on the final day and you were winning. And then you went, no, I, maybe they were behind actually. Maybe Verona was up one nil, but Verona uh, was no Napoli went up. Yeah. And then, yeah, Verona, equalized. And then Ver Verona equalized eight minutes later and they weren't able to, to 
to make it. I, I don't know if you saw this, Luis, when when uh, the fans were were trying to protest the the uh, Atalanta AC Milan game, saying that Atalanta should just lose the game to kick Juventus out as a further punishment for what they did a decade ago. Um, <laughs> and they were outside the stadium, like chanting it. And it was uh yeah, really, really interesting thing. Ended up not having any sort of play, but Juventus, you know, the last saving grace of, uh, for them to finish the season in a champions league spot. But you're right with Ronaldo, by the way, Ronaldo, like Juventus, the way I viewed Juventus as a club is the same way that I viewed PSG as a club within their domestic league, which is you only go there because the trophies are available. And then the bigger trophy is your chance, right? A champions league trophy. That's the big one. The other one is sort of like in halfway in your pocket and you're doing that. And to have a Juventus fall this 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 flat or this short, and look, Inter Milan, 91 points is incredible. Uh, but to have them fall uh, and finish on the last day just to get into a Champions League spot doesn't feel all that interesting if you're Ronaldo. They're I'd fighting also say- for a Champions League. This is Juventus we're talking about. And the yeah. biggest, and so many Ronaldo fans got mad at me on, on Twitter today because I'm like, listen, cut your losses with Ronaldo. Because look at this. The last time you won the Champions League spot, all Eyes on Me by Tupac came out. That's how long ago it was since you won the Champions League. Okay, okay, fine. You rule Scudetto, but not this time around. And you, you just about made the Champions League. What does that tell you? It's not about Ronaldo. It's about completely retransforming your vision. Think about Chiesa, De Ligt, McKennie. Those are the players that you need to build around. Don't put your entire focus in one basket. Look at Inter Milan. Right. I mean, not everybody can be Man City. You can't have a million stars. And Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest players the game has ever seen, ever seen. But for Juventus, I think it's a time of reflection. And also the biggest mistake as well, hiring a manager, a a legend of the game who doesn't have one single thing on his managerial resume. And that to me is a big problem. Yeah, I I can't get all eyes on me out of my head. (laughs) Uh, But uh you're right. And the thing about Ronaldo is he's one of the greatest to ever, ever play the game. Yeah. And he's one of the best professionals to ever play the game. And therefore, no matter what team he plays on in whatever league he plays in, he is going to put up ridiculous numbers. But his game has evolved over time. And the older he gets, the more the team has to adjust around him. The more you have to build around his age and what he's going to do, right? He reminds me of the way that uh, the top players in Le- LeBron James has changed his game over the years as he's gotten older, right? He's playing a different type of role. LeBron's not going to not dominate. He's going to he's going to dominate constantly. He's just going to do it in a different way, in a more efficient way, which means you have to have better tools around him to, to, to fill in some of those pieces. But LeBron's still going to put up LeBron numbers. Ronaldo is always going to put up huge numbers. So when you look at him, you know, you're going to piss a lot of people off when you say, yeah, but he's aging and he's not going to, he's not as good as he was once was. He's not because he used to be able to put up numbers and take over games and do all these things. And now he's, his game has evolved into being much more efficient, which makes him still a world-class player. But that efficiency is going to become a smaller and smaller box over time where it could just be a stat line. And then the rest of it, you got to fill in around him. And so, yeah, it might be the right time that you go in and it, look, it might feel harsh after a year like this, but maybe he forces his hand as well. But yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, how many, what do you want? One more year from him? 
You know, I guess like, I just my whole thing is like it's not about him. It's about the project that you're creating. It's like okay, you want Cristiano Ronaldo? What what, what do you need to do to improve your back line because they're aging there as well? Like it's just it's not it's just so much more. And people lose the plot when I say Ronaldo should leave. It's not I'm, it's not criticism on him. It's a criticism on the project. I just gave you the facts. You haven't won the Champions League since like '96. That's insane. That's insane to me if you're Juventus, isn't it? It's crazy. Scudetto's a different thing. Fine, you, you're the champions of Serie A, but with all due respect, Juventus wants more. It's the same thing with PSG, right? And PSG, we'll talk in a second, didn't even win Liga. So that's my point. So with Serie A right now, you got the Champions League for next season. What are you going to do to win it or at least get to the final? Because that's also a, a, an obstacle in itself. And that's a problem. And you, I tell you one thing, you need more than Cristiano Ronaldo. So you need to build on something. So if he doesn't want to, also, if he's not happy, then why do you want him to stay? Like, let him go and, and, and cut your losses. Yeah, when you look at how lucky they were to actually just finish in a Champions League spot. That they had to on. rely on Verona. Yeah. It wasn't even like they beat Bologna. They were, Fine, you got the job done, but it wouldn't have mattered if, if Napoli won. Yeah, but I mean, listen to the conversation we're having right now, right? Like Juventus typically would win with five games, six games, three games left in the season where they wrap it up on points. Like, and now that it came down to the last day just to get a Champions League spot. We're not talking about, uh, you know, where you, a Man City fall to second place or third place for a year and then come back and win the league the next year. We're talking about the last day. Like that is, that is on, that that's bubbling on, 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 uh, on uncharted, uncharted waters, I guess, for, for a club of that size and a club of that magnitude and the financial disaster with the world just in the, you know, financial shambles anyway with, within these clubs. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not a good look or it just seems like there's still too many pieces missing for champions league to be the goal, right? Go come back next year. You can, you know, potentially win the league out a few signings, but champions league, it, it's a, that's a bigger project. And I don't know if Ronaldo has enough time in him uh, to be part of that project. Cause it's, I don't think that, Next year, they just turn around and are favorites to win the Champions League. I think that's a long journey with the current squad that they have. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens in this offseason. We will see what happens. But let's finish off here in Liga. Liga. Well, by the way, actually, shout out to uh, Robert Lewandowski, who passed Garmulis' record, scored in the 89th yeah. minute, made it 41 goals for the Bundesliga season. Tremendous. Erling Haaland, by the way, record as well, 40 goals in a single season. Youngest ever, I believe, to have done it. So tremendous things there in the Bundesliga, Heath. Yeah, it is. It is crazy that I. I, I don't know if they won like five one or five zero or something like that to finish the season off Bayern Munich. I but think, yeah, I think it was two two goals they conceded, but still, yeah, it was like five two. Yeah, five two. Yeah, wh whatever it was, they scored a bunch of goals, and you just expect all of those to be Lewandowski the way that that way that he's played this year. And then you're like, oh man, he might not break this record. And yeah. then I know they were going this yeah. <laughs> In the last minute, he uh, he does that, and it, it's just yeah, what a, what a, he's he's a player that's been. It's weird to say undervalued, just because you when you put up the numbers that he's put up as consistently as he has, you're like, oh, golden boot, you know, uh, Ballon d'Or. This is the this is the best player in the world uh, for what he does. Um, but again, he, 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 he was just happened to be born during the, uh, born and living his best years during the Messi Ronaldo era. I think that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, all right, let's finish up with Liga. Amazing. Everybody Lille, Lille get the job done and they win 
league uh, uh, the last time I think was 2010. So it's been a while, obviously PSG dominating Monaco as of late. PSG, even though they beat Brest, it didn't matter. Lille took care of business. We got some uh, CONCACAF representation in Lille as well. Yilmaz, a tremendous Burak Yilmaz. He came for free, by the way, for free. Uh, and the things that he has done for this club, unbelievable. I believe they only conceded 23 goals this season, Heath Pierce. Lille, amazing. Incredible, incredible achievement for, for Lille to win Liga. Yeah, phenomenal. And again, you have the story of sort of two players, right? And in, in the stretch, you have Breck Yilmaz, who came in for free, 35, 36 years old, scores six goals in the final five games to close out the year. Like, that's what you call clutch. And then you have Jonathan David, who was their record purchase for the club, 30 million euros that they paid for him, and has really struggled to find his feet in terms of the ROI on a 30 million uh, 30 million euro investment for a, what was, I think, either 19 or 20 year old at the time. He's 21 now. Yeah. And But these two players came in completely different categories. Yilmaz at the end of his career, David, very expensive at the very beginning of his career, coming in from Hent or Ghent. Um, and he uh, scored the match winner against PSG in their final five, six games. And he scored uh, what should have been the match winner today. Uh, but Angers uh, ended up scoring in, in stoppage time, which I didn't see the final minutes of that that game, but it must yeah, have been ha- havoc of just <laughs> trying to close this out. Of just like one last chance, kick it in the box. But um, yeah, both of them coming from completely different circumstances into this team and then delivering down the stretch. And then obviously, I don't want to 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 disrespect the 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 defense whatsoever, just because they they deserve. Uh, as much respect as we're talking about with 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 um, their top players. Obviously, we also have um, Timothy Weah, who didn't get in today, but has been a key part of uh, of their run as well. But Sven Botman, Tiago Jallo, I believe is his last name. Uh, Jonathan Bamba, Renato Sanchez, just uh, you know, a lot of really good players that have helped contribute. Uh, Celic, Reynaldo, Renildo, um, Yazici, you know, they have a real strong Turkish contingent there. Just a, a number of players that have contributed to this. And again, a magical moment uh, that makes you look at the PSG project, who I think just resigned. Did they just resign um, uh, Neymar? Neymar has been resigned, and Kylian yeah. Mbappe, they're very confident. So, you know, yeah. but we'll see. We yeah. will see. But you look at you look at that project and you go again, you know, and you can't do it year after year. It's tough. But with the team that they have compared to on paper, what Lille is, PSG was built to say, okay, we're deep enough to win the league, right? When we need to put in our, our B plus or our B lineup uh, because we've got Champions League midweek or we've got a, you know, this bigger game somewhere else, we can drop this team over here and they're going to get the results. And, you know, if we need to sit Neymar like they do sometimes where it just they just go like, Neymar's not going to play in the league that much. We're just going to save him for Champions League. There are times that Neymar is fit and available and they just go, yeah, you're not playing today. You're not going to play next weekend either uh, because we can't get you, you can't have you getting injured. Uh, and then it doesn't work out, right? Again, I did they, who won the uh, the, the domestic cup? Did, did PSG win? PSG win, yeah. yeah. They beat Monaco, yeah. It's tough for it's tough for them to go without you know empty-handed for an entire year with the quality that they have, but um, you know this is certainly has to be considered uh, a failure if you're the size of PSG and and you were running after you know falling short in the final last year of Champions League this year falling short of the Champions League again and then and then not winning uh, the domestic league title. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely right. But well done, Leo. Absolutely tremendous. Well, that's it. That's our weekend recap. I just wanted to get one quick thought from Heath Pierce before we leave. By the way, Brentford face Swansea in the championship playoff final. Who do you have in that one, Heath? What do you think? Oh man, I had I I didn't have either of them winning. Uh, I did have Brentford winning. Uh, there I had that as my final. But, I just yeah, right now it I gets did. tricky. I, I Brentford have never been in the Premier League, so that would be nice. Uh, Swansea, we have some friends that Jordan Gardner is a friend. He's part owner in that. Obviously, Conor Harahane's doing his thing there yeah. as well. Jordan Morris did his thing before he had to leave. So who, who do you think? I I like Brentford, but you never know. I liked them last season. They're coming back. They were in the playoff final last season, but they lost to Fulham. Who do you have in this one? Yeah, Brentford's, again, a sign of a modern club, the way that they do things, the way that they process things very differently. That's what I'd love to see for the future of just like a lot more data and statistics rolled into the game. And they've obviously fallen short. They've been a very consistent championship club that's been on this verge of like, prove the model works, prove the model works. Uh, So I'd love to see them. Also, Swansea did uh, Bob Bradley so wrong back in the day. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, um, that, uh, you know, but Swansea just feels like the, the Premier League club, right? Because we know them from the Premier League, uh, that I'm, you know, I'm going to go with Brentford. I, I'd love to see Brentford go through. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go with Brentford as well, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. So just, uh, watch out for that. All right, Heath Pierce, final thoughts before we say goodbye, my friend. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Mark McKenzie, uh, a co-host of the podcast that I have, uh, with orange slices, a great podcast. name. Yep. Thank you. Um, uh, they finished second in a Champions League spot. He was man of the match the last three games. He's now been called up into the national team, which I think is uh, really great after you know him going through some tougher times of, of getting playing time uh, in the stretch, beating uh, the champions on their, on their final day. And if it all went down to points, I, they ended up drawing on, on points on, on a comeback. I thought that was really cool. And then for LAFC... Um, Carlos Vela is back, which I think is is really cool. I wanted to give that shout out. Carlos Vela is back. When Carlos Vela is in the league, the league becomes a lot more attractive, a lot more fun. Diego Rossi, uh, his 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 teammate, becomes a lot better player. He ended up having two goals. So just wanted to give uh, those two uh, nods uh, for anybody who hasn't been uh, watching this weekend. Absolutely, and make sure that you catch Heath by the way on LAFC's uh, broadcasting with our friend Max Bretos as well, looking dapper as well. Hey Heath, that was our last weekend recap. Heath Pierce, thank you so much, brother, for joining us on the last weekend recap of the season, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Kego Lasso Pod on Twitter. Listen to us and follow us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, CBSSports.com, and, of course, your CBS Sports app. we got plenty to come, including the Europa League final and the Champions League final, our previews and recaps, all that coming up. Have a great, great beginning to your week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 